0: Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877 337 6666. Powered by Paramount Plus.
1: Stream Super Bowl 58 on CBS with Paramount Plus. Yes, that line forms. Oh, where does it form? on the right. Oh, thing. on the right.
0: I, I, Not I knew that
1: Maggie's it.
0: Ba Maggie. ba-da. Monaco here with you on this Friday morning. We made it. We made it through the week. We are here for a football Friday, the last of the year, the Super Bowl. We'll get to it, but you know where we're starting. The New York Knicks. Let's go. 877-337-6666. I got you for three hours till the warm-up show Their Last day for Vegas. Alex on the other side. And again, me and you, 877-337-6666 for the next three. As we will talk about the Knicks, we'll talk about some other things. But we start with the trade and the Knicks. Look, I woke up to the news. Thankfully, I was not one of you who initially thought it was just for Alec Burks. Woj gives you the first uh, trade, and it seems like, oh, man, you're going to give up Grimes just for Burks. But I woke up later, and I saw both of them. Both! Bogdanovich and Burks, two guys who fit. Look, I told you this yesterday. I've talked about it. You needed scorers and you needed depth on this team. And right now, Leon Rose, and I'm whatever you think of this deal, right? And I understand that the talking points and what it becomes. And honestly, let me, it is so tedious to immediately start to like initially, well, does this make them a championship team? Does it not make them a championship team? Can they compete for a championship? Can they win a championship? Like, we have to see how it plays out, but this makes them better, and it gives them what they desperately needed In some bench scoring, both guys, obviously Burks and Bogdanovich, shoot 40% or more from three. Bogdanovich is is averaging 20 points a game. With the Pistons, I don't know. Well, right now we might be able to come in here and average 20 points a game with all the injuries. The team is the freaking walking wounded. But once everyone's back and the team is full strength, I don't think he'll be that kind of player for them because he won't be needed to be that kind of player for them. But off the bench, both of these guys can get their own shots. Like both, especially Burks, especially off the bench, especially he fills that role on some level. He's not a point guard. I talked about this yesterday. He's not the perfect fit necessarily, but he's a guy who can absolutely score, knows the coach, knows the team, immediately will fit right in. He's someone who can get his own shot, someone who can be that guy so Brunson doesn't have to be on the floor when they're up 17 against the lousy team in the fourth quarter. And it's it's just to get both of these guys and here's the key, right? So that yes, you have to give up Grimes. And Grimes, you know, you had some high hopes for him. He comes into the year as the starter, his third year in the league. You know, he w- it was hesitant to be included in Mitchell deals or whatever, so it's disappointing on some level, but you got the vibe. You saw what was coming this year. I don't know if he's in the doghouse about not battling through injuries from the head coach or whether or not it just wasn't going to work here. I think the high hopes we had for Grimes, eventually you just realized he wasn't going to be a major key and cog for this team moving forward. It just it started to feel more and more like that. So, yeah, you know, to include him in the deals, a little bit, a little bit disappointing, but ultimately – they did. They they transformed their team with the OG Ananobi trade. That transformed them defensively and completely made them one of the better teams in the East. Immediately, they've now added Burks and Bogdanovich. They got you know they've moved on. Yes, from a lot of their youth. I mean, if you look at it now, Toppin gone. I mean, if you would have talked about this team last year and the youth and some of the the exciting players you had on the team, looking forward. I mean, you've lost Toppin. You've lost RJ, you've lost Quickly, you've lost Grimes, and ultimately, it's made you better. I mean, I, I wouldn't have expected to lose all of those players, but you do, and you, you're you're without question better, and you did it all without having to give up any of your first-round picks. I mean, Leon Rose right now is freaking killing it. Let's be fair. In Rose, we trust, because this is the perfect, perfect fit for this team. Yes, it's not a superstar, all right, but they're still in line to do that in the offseason. They give up any uh, Evan Fournier and his contract in this deal, but they get back Bogdanovich, who pretty much has the same kind of contract. He's nineteen million. You can roll it in, uh, you know, by picking up his option and be in the same position in the offseason. You haven't touched a first round pick. Plus, you're going to be playing excellent basketball deep into the postseason. And any star who wants to become available or wants to move or becomes available in the offseason, we we you know, why did why did they pick the Nets, right? Why did Why did Durant pick the Nets? Because he liked the way they played basketball. You can't argue that right now they've got the garden rocking and way, the way they're playing and the way they hopefully will be playing when everybody's back is going to entice a superstar. So let's put aside the conversation of just flat out, do they, are you know, I got, I'm got. i watching on uh, TBS, I'm watching Shaq say, well, they got better because they win a championship? No. Can they beat Boston? No. Can they beat this one? No. I don't know. I don't think the Heat would have been uh, subject to beat Boston last year, and yet there they were. Like, let's see what this team becomes. And right now they're the walking wounded. So not only does it help them once they get to where they want to get and into the postseason and give them the affordability of maybe taking it light on Brunson at times down the stretch and having guys off the bench who feel better about getting their own buckets and shooting threes. Now, defensively, Bogdanovich doesn't play much defense. It might hurt that second unit defensively. But ultimately... You could still have McBride out there who plays a little bit of better defense. But ultimately, you've got some scoring on the bench that will give you depth for the stretch run. And also, right now, they are just in desperate need of it as the injury bug continues to hit this team. As Ananobi, it's, it was announced earlier today right after the trade, which is another reason to praise Rose. I mean, you couldn't handle – this This has been handled just expertly from the beginning. Whether it's, you know, obviously this this injury from OG, it's it's downplayed. You know, it's right out of warm up. So he's going to miss a day, day to day. Then you get the news that it could be a bone spur, and then you wait for the deadline before you put yourself in a position where you're out making trades and everybody knows you're down OG for a month, which is what it's going to be. He Had successful surgery three weeks before he you know gets back into basketball activities. It's an elbow uh, injury, taking out some bone spur. He should still be able to stay in shape this whole time. I don't think it's a devastating injury. He'll be gone a month probably, and then hopefully he comes back and you're going to look at him sometime in the middle of March and still with plenty of time now. the You get these two guys who should hopefully bolster this lineup to get you over this because right now, here's the thing. You have to still be – you do not want to drop. Obviously, you don't want to drop out of the – you don't want to drop into the playing games, clearly. But this is going to be a tough stretch right now. And whether it's Brunson dealing with his ankle, and hopefully he'll be back relatively soon, you got – Hartenstein leaving the game, re aggravating an Achilles injury. I don't know how many games you plan on him missing. Taj Gibson and his ten day contract expired today. You would imagine they re sign him and bring him back to some to have some front court uh depth added to this team. But right now you got OG gone for a month. You got uh, Brunson, uh, excuse me, Randall gone for longer than that. You got Brunson on an ankle who, you know, maybe misses another game or two max, but still could be out for a while. I mean, this team right now, this is going to be an important stretch to stay where they are. Like you do not want to fall too far behind. Obviously the uh, 76ers are dealing with their own injuries. They made a trade. Uh, the, you know, Boston makes a move to get uh, better Uh, the way Cleveland's playing right now. So you do not want to fall behind, too far behind those teams. You want to stay. You know, it's important to stay in the – you would love to be in the top three of this conference, uh, certainly, come playoff time and come seeding time. But then this next month is going to be critical for the Knicks. But this deal – Helps with that in the short term. It helps with bolstering the bench in the long term. And, yes, it's not a superstar. But Leon Rose has been able to make the OG trade, this trade. They still have every single one of their picks. Bogdanovich's contract can supplant uh, Can supplant. Uh, uh, Fournier's contract in the offseason, they are going to be when you think about what this team now provides to get that superstar in the offseason if we just take a step moving forward past what this team can do right now and you look and if you're one of those people who say well this doesn't put them over the hump, they still need the superstar, Brunson and Randall aren't enough, you gotta make sure you go get one of these top five players, look at the history of the NBA over the last ten years and show me the championship team without it you gotta go back to the Pistons in 4 other than that you need a top five player, if you're still in that conversation, and that's what you decide to argue today. The fact of the matter is the Knicks have improved themselves, this this team right now, and giving them an opportunity to be better than they were, an opportunity to go and compete in this Eastern Conference. And you know what? I, I would say that the way they've played, it's hard to argue that they're incapable of winning a championship, incapable of getting to a finals. That's hard for me to just say. Do I Do I think that they're one of the favorites? No. But you want to look me in the face and say the way they played over the last 20 games, when they get these guys back, the improved bench, the ability to now maybe give some time to Brunson and Randall with some of the different guys they brought in here, the scoring off the bench. They're as deep as any team in the East. They're just not as top-heavy as some of the teams in the East. But I have a tough time just saying flat out they can't win. And they can't get through the East. I don't think they're the favorites, but... I don't know if they can't, and I find that argument tired anyway. But if that's your argument of choice for today, you look forward, and what Leon Rose has done, I have the utmost confidence that now you are enticing a team that, like, I know the, the Garden hasn't necessarily played over the last handful of years, and everybody loves to come here and drop 40, 50, or 60, and then call it the Mecca in their exiting press conference. But it's New York they're going to have every opportunity. They're going to have first-round picks. They're going to have the expiring contract. They're going to have every opportunity. You know, they might have a piece like, you know, you probably have to give up a heart or you probably have to give up a DiVincenzo, or, but they'll have pieces that you can move in the offseason to acquire a big-time player. That has not changed. They have somehow managed to fortify this team, improve, in, and vastly improve, improve and still keep themselves as one of the premier targets in the offseason for that superstar. You've got the you've got the cap space, you've got the picks, you've got the contract that you to match the money, and you've got the city of New York playing in Madison Square Garden. And you're gonna be able to show all of these superstars how they play how, what Nick basketball looks like. So right now, I mean, we've been saying it for weeks, and it's hundred percent true. This team is as well run and well operated as any team in this city, and you can argue right now as any team in the NBA. Like, that's how good you feel about where this franchise is, how, how much they've stabilized it between Tibbs and Leon Rose and what they're doing, and right now, right now, this team in the short term needed this move to get through this stretch with all the injuries, and then this bench is about as deep and this team is about as deep from top to bottom as any in the East. And if Brunson and Randall can hit this postseason healthy and Brunson can become the player we all know he can be and do what he's done all year but elevate even more in the postseason. To go along with now the defense that the OG trade has transformed this team into, possibly the idea of getting Mitchell Robinson back at some point before the run two, let's not forget him to have the bench scoring of a Burks and a Bogdanovich. I mean, right now they are as talented as we've seen this Knick team in forever and as dangerous a team as they've been inside the Eastern Conference since the late 90s. And that's the, yes, that's including the Mellow years, including the 50-win Mellow team. That's how much I think about Brunson. That's how much I think about Randall. That's how much I think about Thibodeau. And that's how much I think about the depth of this team and how it's fit like a glove. And so right now it's a great time to be a Knick fan. This trade is not the ultimate, you know, wake up, oh, the Knicks are, you know, championship favorites. But this is a trade that was exactly what they needed. You saw come in this and we talked about Burks. It's not the perfect fit. I would have liked him to have been a point guard. But it doesn't change the fact that it is someone who can come in, run the offense, knows the team, uh, can get his own shot, can score, shoot from three, get his own bucket. Same thing from Bogdanovich. And it also sets them up for the future. Like, that's what's really impressive about this whole thing, right? It's one thing to just go out there and try and do everything you can to solidify a team that you think has shown you enough. It's another to transform them with an OG trade and now add the depth they desperately needed and not have to give up any first-round picks. I mean, they've done this. By trading away some pieces that honestly didn't fit, I mean, quickly fit, but once he didn't get a contract, you knew he wasn't long for this team. And Grimes has been in the doghouse of the coach, and you just got the sense, especially once he was moved to the bench after the trade uh, and early on in the season, that he just was never going to be in the long-term future of this team. And, you know, RJ had his moments in the postseason last year, but certainly not worth a third overall pick and was someone who just didn't fit this team and kind of made it clunky because he was one of three different guys who needed the ball to make his game anything worthwhile. And so they've been able to trade away pieces that, yeah, we, you know, we in some cases we loved, in some cases we thought could be bigger pieces used in bigger trades, but ultimately they streamlined this team. They made it fit much better. They've made it far better defensively. They've made it far deeper, and they've leaned into the idea that they have two superstars in Brunson and Randall. and they are ready to take a run, and they did it all while still keeping the flexibility to make the big-time move in the offseason. I mean, as we're going to talk about, uh, comments from the Jets' ownership, and we've seen what's gone on with the Giants for the last handful of years, and you know what the Mets and Yankees have been unable to do for the last decade. It's amazing to think and say that the New York Knicks are about as well-run a run franchise in this city as we've seen. And today was a good day to be a Knicks fan. And this trade is exactly what they needed. It's not flashy. It doesn't, you know, make them a, a favorite to beat the Boston Celtics. But what it does do is give them a chance. What it does do is make them better. What it does do is give the opportunity for this coach to not force Rand, uh, Randall and Brunson, more specifically Brunson, late into these games just to keep a 15 point lead against lousy teams. And it gives them scoring off the bench. And it provides everything that this team can need to get deep into the playoffs without the superstar and still get and still puts them as the front runner, as one of the teams who can become a landing spot for a superstar, whether it's Mitchell, whether it's, you know, Embiid was discussion earlier in the year, whoever, an unsuspecting superstar we're unaware might make his um, presence known in the offseason. Whatever the case may be, the Knicks are a landing spot, the Knicks are back, the Knicks are a, a, a team that can compete inside the Eastern Conference and, a, and a, a desired location for any superstar looking for a change of scenery in the offseason, and they have flexibility to do it, and they're in the greatest city in the world, and they're, they're run by Leon Rose, who's got respect throughout the league and is absolutely making you know great decision after great move after great decision after great move, and the Knicks are playing some of the best basketball in the NBA. And so right now, there is nothing not to like. There is nothing like not to like unless you're going to you know, be one of these curmudgeons who tell you they can't win a championship. Well, we'll see. I, I, I listened to Kenny Smith. I saw Shaq. I know the conversation going on right now. You know what? It's tedious. Let's get there, and then we'll find out. But the Knicks put themselves in a position to stem the tide during the injuries here and then become a, as deep a team in the Eastern Conference moving forward. Yeah, with a superstar in Brunson. Yes, hopefully with a superstar-type player in Randall if he can get his playoff act together and if he's healthy enough to be back. And uh, An OG Ananobi who completely transforms the team defensively and now a bench that can outwork your bench. So let's go, Knicks. Let's go. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up.
1: Their first playoff
0: appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Took longer than usual. That was that was that was even longer than I'm used to it. Alright, 225 McMonagly with the 877. 337-66 66. We, we open with the Knicks and the trade. Obviously, we'll get to the Super Bowl. We will get to the Jets and Woody Johnson's comments, which Found laughable, and we'll get to my apologies. But you can also hit me up on Twitter at C-M-A-C-W-F-A-N. Uh I do have a tweet already from Clown Show, one of our favorite uh, followers, constantly tweeting during shows. So thank you, Clown Show. Um, a lot of ifs for the Knicks. Relax a little. I, I, I think I think I was you know relatively tempered. Some enthusiasm. I'm excited. And I, you know, I hate the conversation. You know, a lot of hosts come out and go, oh, this puts them in the, this means they're the championship. They're quality. Uh, Or you come out and go, well, it's great, but uh, they can't win an NBA finals this way. I'm telling you that it makes them better. And I think they're as dangerous as any team in the East. I think they've got a legitimate chance to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. And a lot of ifs. There's always a lot of ifs, but right now they're just banged up. I mean, obviously they lose to Dallas last night. I even mean, if I mention that. I mean, the game. Did anyone even care about this basketball game? Like, has there been a less interest? Has there been a, a less interesting basketball game the Knicks have played in the last, really, this whole season? Like, they make the trade. You know, they're not going to be there yet. You're excited for the trade. You know, Brunson's not playing. You know, Randall's not playing. You know, OG's not playing. I mean, it's just, and they're playing the the, the Dallas Mavericks. You didn't expect to win the basketball game, like I. It just had, it, you know, they lost one one twenty two to one hundred eight, and the real story of the game is Hartenstein comes out uh, reaggravating his his Achilles injury, and now I don't know, I don't know how long he's going to be out. They, I think they play the uh, the Pacers on Saturday. I would expect him to try and go. He played through it. He missed a couple games at the end of January with this injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but right now they're they're a mash unit, and they need Alec Burke, and they need. By Alec Burks, and they need uh, Bogdanovich uh, here immediately. Because uh, right now they are, you know, a walking wounded. They had eight players to play in the game yesterday. Uh, and then they lose Hartenstein and cuts it down to seven. So, I mean, right now they have to find some answers. There's no doubt about it. But I think this is a time to be excited. And especially, it's just the the, the idea that they've done. like Because remember when they made... You know, when they traded for Mello, like, it just, I you know he was a superstar and everything, but it just felt like the owner was meddling, you know, Donnie Walsh didn't really want to make this deal, they gave up a ton, you know, they could, have. you know, Mello wanted to come now so he can get the big contract, you know, there was other, ob- blah, 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 and it worked to an extent, and they had a couple of years, and really the one specific year where they, where they were, you know, where they won 50 uh, games, but... Like, right now, the maneuverability and what they've done and what they've created here, and, like, that's it for me because, yes, it's not a superstar move that now we all get gung-ho about winning at the NBA Finals. Like, that's not what it was. They didn't go get Mitchell. They didn't go get, I don't know, Giannis. They didn't go get Embiid. They didn't go get, you know, I know Curry's name has been bandied about. They didn't go get someone who transforms them. They didn't even get, you know, they didn't even get Murray. Like uh out of Atlanta. Like they didn't even like it's it's not a, a move that moves the needle to the point of oh now they are. Like what they were before was nice, what they are now is NBA champion caliber. Like it doesn't immediately do that. We'll see. We'll see. I heard Perkins on ESPN, he thinks they are. I don't know. I think they're I think they have a, a, a an outside chance of becoming that. We have to see it play out. But what it does do is make them better. It puts them at least into that conversation at some level, and it keeps them open. Like, they were able to make this team transform it into a team that we all think, and I think most people, in being fair, can at least... I mean, the argument of them getting to a, an Eastern Conference Finals is without... quite Like, you, they are an East... It doesn't mean they'll get there, and it doesn't mean they're one of the two best teams in these necessarily, but... They are without question a contender to be in in the Eastern Conference Championship. And they've done that and transformed themselves with a couple of moves that, you know, they gave away, you know, Fournier, they gave away Malachi Flynn, they gave away Grimes. Yes, they gave away Quickly and and they gave away uh, R.J. Barrett, but they gave away a bunch of second round picks. They still have, what, eight first round picks to give. They, they acquired a, an expiring contract back in the deal in Bogdanovich. Who's actually a player that you know? Fournier sucks. At least Bogdanovich. If you were to move him, teams have options to play him, or so. Like it's just, it's a it's a more favorable player with that kind of contract. Like they are, without question, still in the market, which has been the talk of the team. Right? We heading in to the season. That was the talk. Nice little team. Should be a playoff team. Need the superstar. And they've transformed themselves into much more than just a nice little team. They've transformed themselves into one of the better teams in the East that most people think have a legitimate chance to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they still haven't lost that ability of all the first-round picks, the contract of Fournier, the ability to go out and get a superstar. That is still right in front of them. So, I mean, that's what... Like the story for me isn't is, is like twofold. One, what this trade has done to impact this team now, and how much better it makes them. And it brings in a shooter in Bogdanovich who's shooting 40%. He's averaging 20 points a game with Detroit. We know what Alec Burks is. He's someone who can get his own shot. He shoot he he's a career 40% uh, shooter from behind the arc. Like they've they've really bolstered this team. The depth is enormous. They're as deep as any team in the East. That's what it's done uh, for this team currently. Plus, it stems the tide. As now you're a month without OG. You're, you're. I don't know. Maybe a week. Maybe he plays on Saturday, uh, Brunson against Indiana. Maybe he misses that game and gets ready for the road against Houston. Or I don't know. Is it a possibility that he just sits out to the All Star break? I don't know. Like, but in the meantime, you're short. You're short, Brunson. Randall's out for months, probably. Uh, Adonis now out for a month. You are dealing with the Hartenstein injury. Like this, this trade helps stem the tide and makes them deeper. It makes them deeper for a playoff push, and that's obviously story one. But story two is how well run the Knicks are, and how good at what, how good at his job, Leon Rose is for someone who never talks. For someone who, over the 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 course of his career here with the Knicks, has been criticized for never. Allowing us to see the plan, never talking to the media. Like he has quietly gone about his business. And I do mean quietly, but he has quietly gone about his business in transforming this team in, into something special and into a position where they can still do more. And on a nightly basis, you're getting some of the most fun, entertaining, hardworking, defensive effort, big time playing blowing out bad teams, beating good teams like basketball. We've seen from this team in decades. So we are entertained and having more fun being Nick fans than we have in decades. They're actually a contender inside the Eastern Conference, and they're sitting pretty for an opportunity as I look at, you know, Jokic or, or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 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 I'm losing my mind. Uh, Donchick, like as we look at him in this replay here last night, number 77, the best number in sports, as we look at him playing last night, like a superstar to come to this team next year, they're good, they're getting better, they're as deep as any team in the East, and they are as well-run as any team in basketball. And they are sitting pretty with an opportunity to get a superstar in the offseason to make them that NBA Finals contender. It's amazing what the Knicks have become, and Leon Rose has done an incredible job. And right now, it's as good a time to be a Knicks fan as I can remember. Ed in uh, Sydney Center, what's up, Ed?
1: Hey Chris, it's nice to chat with you for the first time. You know, I really like your your style. You seem if you feel like one of us. You know, I uh, just wanted to pass that along. Well, thank but, you, Ed. Uh, I, I um, wanted to ask you your. Perspective to catch up somebody on the Knicks because uh, just for a little background, you know, I've been a New York sports fan forever, uh, you know, since the days of Parcells and all this stuff. But as you get older, you you lose chances to spend as much time. So for somebody like me, can you catch me up quick on what's going on with the Knicks? Because I'm so hungry for something to happen in New York, but this sounds good so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, can I catch up with what I, I feel like I just did that just as I no, went to the did. call. You
1: did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like well, right now here, here here's just,
0: here's the story with the Knicks. They're they've been they've been really good. They just got better. Uh we'll see how much they see how, you know, if if they can be a team that can compete inside the Eastern Conference, and there's no reason to think they can't even get continue to get better in the offseason by acquiring a superstar. Because they still have the. They still have all their first round picks. They still have every. They're going to have uh, flexibility. They're going to have cap room. They're going to have an expiring contract and go back the other way. They have some pieces. You know, you might still like. You might have to move a Divincenzo. You might have to move um, a. You wouldn't want it to, The three you don't want to touch necessarily is OG Randall and Brunson. If you can get a superstar here, keeping those three. And then work the bench around that. That should that should put you in a position to go chase a championship. Now, but they're still as there is in contention to that as they've ever been. That's still on the table. After years of chasing that superstar, I'm not saying they're going to get him. I have no idea. But they haven't sat on their laurels and waited for it. They haven't done like they've been able to make these moves and get better. Like that's been the argument. The argument is, okay, great, how many times can you just, how long can you sit and wait for the superstar to finally pick the Knicks? Like, how long can you be terrible and just wait for someone to finally say, I want to be a Nick" and come here and change the franchise? They haven't sat and wait. They haven't just been doing nothing. They went out, and they made smart decision after smart decision and good move after good move. I mean, if you look at the trades I just went over, how they've transformed the team in recent months with the OG Ananobi trade and now this trade, which, again, it, we haven't seen it actually play on the court. We'll see. But that I, I think they've added two guys who can score and shoot off the bench. They're extremely deep. Uh, and Bogdanovich gives you a little bit of size as well. But it's also the free agent moves. It's also trading for Hart last year. It's 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 signing. It's real. It's recognizing what Brunson was and bringing him here. You know, it's 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 bringing Hartenstein here. I mean, the, it's signing DiVincenzo. Like those are the last three free agent signings. All of them have been extremely positive. The last couple of trades have been this trade yesterday, uh, Og Ananobi and Hart last year. I mean, we're going on more than a calendar year, and every decision Leon Rose has made has been the right one. And and all the assets they've acquired, all the first-round picks they acquired from Dallas and all their own first-round picks they still have, they're still there sitting there waiting for the superstar, who now doesn't have to look at the barren wasteland that is the New York Knicks uh, at Madison Square Garden and go, oh, geez, who the hell wants to go there and deal with that and deal with an owner who has this uh, perception of being a bad guy or, you know, deal whatever you want to say about that, has this, you know, issue uh, with the owner. Uh, yeah, you know, has been terrible for two decades. Who wants the pressure of that in New York? Who wants that? Now they get an opportunity to watch a team that could be playing deep into the playoffs, that's going to be going back to the playoffs for two consecutive years, has a guy like Brunson who now is, you know, emerging as a superstar on his own, the the ability of the way Randall plays, the coaching style of Tibbs. Like, now they are as desirable a opportunity for a superstar as ever. And they still have the ability to do it. And they've gone about still building and making the team better. Like, that's the story. The story is like, for me, one, what they've done here, how it improves the team, and the idea that now they, they are legitimately one of the better teams in the East and have an opportunity to get to an NBA Finals. And then the other story is how freaking good they are at running this franchise. Like, how good Leon Rose has been. And how and how quickly he's transformed this team into one of the more desirable destinations for a superstar while improving them. This isn't just sitting around waiting, collecting assets, being awful on the court, hoping, you know, playing a bunch of kids, hoping that Kevin Durant wakes up one day and wants to be a a Nick. Like this is while they're getting better, while they're becoming championship contenders, while they're building the deepest rotation in the East. They're, doing, they're accomplishing both at the same time. They're making themselves better. They're, going, they're becoming deeper. They're giving themselves a chance to really compete in the East while still keeping the flexibility and assets to go get that superstar in the offseason. It's been an amazing run from Leon Rose, an amazing run. He has done an incredible job, and Tibbs has coached it up brilliantly and he's been under he's been under scrutiny and as the team continues to lose guys to injury like he's been under scrutiny for how he how he how he coaches and a lot of his bad habits or perceived bad habits and 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 things that have haunted him and have been part of the talking points about his coaching style going back to his days in Chicago about running guys into the ground has been brought up right as these guys go down as as Brunson tweaks an ankle as Randall dislocates a shoulder as you know, Mitchell Robinson goes down as Hartenstein's dealing with something, as Hart has a knee issue. Like, as all these guys battle through injury on his limited rotation, that's been a talking point. But whatever you think about that, and I'll tell you right now, I think it's a little overblown, but it is, you know, moving forward, it's an issue I want to eliminate and eradicate and give him a deeper bench. And now he's got one of the deepest teams in the league with more options to keep Brunson off the floor late in games. He's done. An, whatever you think about that, he's done an incredible job with this team. I mean, they are uh, the minute they got OG Anunoby, they became the, one of the best defensive teams in basketball. And they fight hard all the time, and they have made like you want to talk about, um, you know, adjustments. How many times have they come out of the th- at a halftime and been the been a, a team that dominates in the third quarter and keeps a a game that was close and becomes a blowout? How many times have we seen it? I mean, this team never takes their foot off the pedal. This team fights for every inch. They are hard-nosed. They are tough. They are good defensively. They're good on the glass when they can't shoot. Like, you know, that one night to, to beat a good team, DiVincenzo hits nine threes. The next night to beat a good team, they get 60 rebounds. Like, whatever it takes, they are a chameleon. They're able to do multiple things. They're great defensively. And I expect Burke, someone that the coach knows well already, and Bogdanovich to fit into this team perfectly and stem the tide while they're injured, and then become the perfect bench when everybody gets healthy. Like right now, it has been a masterclass by the New York Knicks, and that has been—I know it gets tired—just you know comparing them to themselves because it's been so bad for for twenty plus thirty years. It's been so putrid for a Nick franchise that. It's so easy to compare it to their own history as opposed to comparing it to their peers and their contemporaries right now inside the NBA. But you can do that too. And they compare pretty favorably. Val in the Bronx, what's up, Val? Brother Mac, what's going on? How you doing What's up, buddy? How
1: we doing? I'm pumped about the Knicks. I'm good. I'm good. I'm pumped too. You know what? I'm going to say something to you right now. I got a couple of things I want to say about my Knicks. But what you just said just now is one of the more beautiful things that's going on because he is not, like, sitting down on his hands and saying, I don't have that guy, can't do things. He's actually managing to do both at the same time. I've been saying it for a long time, and I'm glad you touched on that. Yep. To, To get to the current news that's going on, you know, the one thing that I'm just looking for right now as far as another piece it's for him to, like, because the, the, we could still get a little bit of added depth as far as the, the guard, uh, point guard position based on what's out there as far as the waiver wire. And depending on who, like, you know, is available as far as a buyout, we might still be able to get that. And then it goes from a B plus slash A to an A for Leon Rose. And him and Tibbs and the way that they are partnered together, it's like that almost the ideal of how a GM and a coach should be. Regardless of whether you believe in their philosophy or not, you need the two of them to be in lockstep. And it seems like Rose is making moves that works perfectly for how Tibbs coaches, and Tibbs is making requests of, of Leon that works, you know, perfectly for what Leon is able to do. It, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and if I could just say one more thing. Yeah. And and, and um, that stuff that you was teasing about the Jets, I don't even know what the statement was. Yeah. But I'm going to say one last thing. about I've been saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it. Yo, folks, all Jets Nation, as far and I'm not talking about us, the fans, because we're not the ones that are doing it. All Jets Nation, as far as from the the, the top of the head office right down to the players, we need to be on say less mode. We have to be – I mean, I don't want the guy in the house But we have to be like Belichick. Stop answering questions that nobody's asking and stop offering answers for any questions that anybody got. Let's just go in the background and sit down. We're not even the story right now. The Super Bowl is this weekend. Why am I hearing? I don't even know what he said, and I got to hear about it. We need to be on say less mode. Yo, Chris, have a good morning, my man. I talked to you again Uh, soon, all right?
0: You got it. Well, listen, I, I understand that. I understand that. Um... And I said, for me, and, I, and listen, I want to be clear. I, I love Aaron Rodgers, the player. Love him. Have, have always respected the hell out of him. Love watching him play football. I, I love Aaron Rodgers, the football player. And I think he completely transforms the team. I, I do. I think if he's healthy, the difference between him being healthy and him being and him being hurt uh, with, the, with the Jets is what you saw and being a Super Bowl contender. That's how I feel. I've been on that train for a while. People think I'm ridiculous. So how could you see it that way? I just do. I think Aaron Rodgers, the starting quarterback of the Jets, makes them a Super Bowl contender. I felt that way the second he came here. I still feel that way today. I feel less hopeful that he'll stay healthy because he just had a year that he's uh, where he missed the entire year because of an Achilles injury. So I'm less hopeful we'll see it for an entire season than I was last year. But I still have no doubt in my mind if Aaron Rodgers is healthy and under center, the jets are a super bowl contender but even i am getting tired of his act like i love him the and and i don't even dis- i don't know him personally i don't agree with everything he says i don't disagree with everything he says like i think you know i think some of it's fun i think he's an interesting type dude i like people who think differently in some aspects i don't mind people who you know i don't know if he should be necessarily promoting uh certain habits he has but by all means, if you want to take ayahuasca and go into a dark room and look introspectively on yourself, I'm i I'm a Beatles guy. How can I how can I hate that? I mean they're they're known for it. You know, for meditating and the Maharishi and all that. Like so by all means, do you. I have no problem with it. But enough. Enough. Like everything you said on McAfee. Now you gotta do a three hour Joe Rogan podcast. And again, I don't want to silence anyone. Go do you. But maybe rethink how much you want to talk. Because all it does is bring dysfunction, the kind of dysfunction you're talking about eliminating. Now, Woody Johnson's asked direct questions from the media. What is he supposed to say? Should he just hide? We, We get on these guys for never talking. He's the owner of the team. They just had a ridiculously disappointing season. And they're keeping everybody intact going into next season. I have no problem with him speaking. He should speak. The fan base deserves answers. It's the answers he gave I have a problem with. It's actually what the hell he had to say, and it's the way he's run the team and passing the buck on other people in some of his comments. That's the problem I have. It's not so much that he's actually talking, he's answering direct questions from the media and speaking to the fan base. Owners should do it more. Him, all owners. So I'm not gonna get on Woody Johnson for speaking, yeah, I think it's time Aaron Rodgers gives it a rest on some level. I think the Jets could be a little more quiet on social media sometimes, you know, clamoring for this, clamoring for that, oh, give me this guy, oh you know, uh you know all the different things that go on on social media from from sauce, from Hall, from Garrett Wilson, whoever recruiting players, you know that kind of stuff. like okay, fine. Probably a bit much. But none of that changes what I think the Jets are. The problem is the ownership has been a problem forever. And I think part, like, he skates by a little bit. Like, for whatever reason, we don't really, like, I I know it's a football team and he spends money, I guess, on some level, besides maybe the John Idzik year, where they had all that cap money that they didn't spend. but And he wants superstars, and he went out and got Aaron Rodgers. And I, on some on some level, that's, Almost as much as you can ask of an owner. He's willing to spend money. And when Aaron Rodgers becomes available, he goes and tries to get him. But we'll get into some of the comments he made and just, you know. I just have a major problem with it. I have a major problem with it. And then the other uh, story that's going to come out is my apology. My apology for you know who. My guy. Got it. It's it's got to be done. I, I have to do it because we found out the way things went down. We there were some people who had the sneaking suspicion of how the seeking sneaking suspicion. Thank you of how it went down, and I jumped the gun and I started yelling and I shouldn't have. And I when when you're wrong, you're wrong. When you're wrong, you're wrong. But right now, as I watch everyone at the garden, the great Michael J. Fox was in the building again. Julianne Moore is in the building. Rishka Hargitay, right? I think that's how you pronounce her name. She's at the building. Who else? Let's see. Pat, uh, John McEnroe, who I bought breakfast for for an entire week. You owe me about 60 bucks, John. But I, I don't know if you ever heard that story. I was interning. I'll tell that one real quick. I was, I was interning. This is how long I've been at the station. I wasn't even interning. No, I was hired as a part-timer. The brief time I was a part-timer, I got hired for full-time pretty quickly. Um, but I was I was uh, just hired part-time in 2007, the summer of 2007, when the when the Don Imus thing happened, when he made his comments about the, the Rutgers female uh, basketball team. Subsequently, he gets fired. And for a while, they go through a trial of a bunch of different people. I don't know if there was necessarily a trial on every situation, but they had different people come in and host the show uh, for a while. I remember Geraldo Rivera did a week and there was, um, there was, a, he couldn't get in the building because the, he didn't have a pa- pass. I was like, I, rem- I remember who, I forget who was on the phone, but they were talking security. They're like, it's Geraldo Rivera. Let him in. I had to go, I had to go get Geraldo and his John Lennon glasses. Um, uh, you know, a bunch of different people did weeks, including the the McEnroe brothers, John and Patrick McEnroe. They did a week of shows in the morning, uh, before obviously Boomer and Carton. And Boomer was the first one. I forget the, I forget the the woman he did the show with that week. It's it was a political figure. I forget her name. I guess when they were still dabbling in the idea of doing politics in the morning. Uh, but it was Boomer and I forget her name. But that was the first. I believe that was the first team that had a week, and then they went through all the what's his, uh, what's his name from Mad Money did a week, um, Geraldo Rivera did a week. I'm trying to think who else. Obviously, then there was uh, Mike and Chris. Obviously, they did they were doing both, and then they started rotating where one would do the morning solo and one would do the afternoon solo. But there was a week where it was the McEnroe brothers, and I was just hired part time, and I was helping Tracy Burgess. Uh, do the news. and that's a shift that no longer exists. But I used to help her do the news. I would cut tape for her. I would feed her stories. I would help her come up with her news. That was like the first part-time job I had. I helped in the morning uh, for the for Tracy doing uh, updates news updates. So I was also breakfast coordinator. so I would get breakfast and if you wanted to order breakfast or whatever. And so I would I took breakfast for everybody. And took the order, and you know I don't want to knock them, but most people, you know, I I I, I don't remember other hosts, but I guess most people just they pulled the money or you got the money together and they gave me the money before I even left or whatever. But the McEnroe brothers, for whatever reason, just assumed the breakfast was free, and so I, you know, they would take their order, bacon, egg, and cheese or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact order. I would go get breakfast, I'd come back, and I went and I handed you know John McEnroe and Patrick McEnroe their breakfast, and I have to admit. I did not have the balls to ask Patrick McEnroe for four fifty. I just, I didn't have it in me. I didn't have, like, I just, he was, he just, he assumed it was taken care of. He wasn't going to go into his pocket. I get it. I get it. When you do something like that, you fill in, you assume breakfast is taken care of. But, you know, the part-time employee making, you know, barely minimum wage sprung for the McEnroe's breakfast, both of them. I didn't have the guts to say, uh, you know, that egg sandwich isn't free, it's, you know. And nobody else, and in fairness, looking back on it, someone else should have stepped up and said, Don't let the poor kid pay for breakfast. But nope. Everybody else would hand me, you know, I remember, um, you know, I would get, I would, I gave breakfast to Lou Rufino, the board op. He would give me the money, but, you know, everyone would pay for their, you know, here, you know, not the McEnroe's. And who the, uh, you think I'm about to get yelled at by John McEnroe asking him for money? I was going to do it. John McEnroe. You know, just walk up and ask John McEnroe for five bucks.
1: If you did it, he was just like, you can't be serious. I know. You,
0: you can't be serious. Are you kidding me? It's not free. No, in all fairness, I'm sure he was taking out the money and paid. But I just, I didn't, I didn't have it in me to ask John McEnroe for money. And it lasted all week long. They got breakfast every day, the two of them. And I sprung for it. And I'd like to say I went hungry, but you know I didn't.